Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Welcome. We're so glad you've joined us today for Jesus the Healer. We've been having a wonderful time studying the different healings that happened under Jesus's earthly ministry. We're calling it Healing School. So we invite you, get your Bible, get a notepad and pen or pencil and follow along with a study. These episodes, we want to turn you skillful, skillful at receiving healing, but also skillful at ministering healing. And so we're, we're going to start today by looking at Mark chapter 6, and we're going to start reading in verse 53, Mark chapter 6, verse 53. And it reads, and when they had passed over, they came into the land of Genesaret, and they drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him. And ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was and whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country. They laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch if it were but the border of his garment and as many as touched him were made whole. What a healing crusade this was. I mean, can you imagine being just a pedestrian that day? And you didn't know maybe who had arrived. And uh, all of a sudden you come up on a crowd of people, really a multitude. And they have put people in the streets. That's going to stop the progress of traffic. But I tell you what, when you need healing, you don't mind stopping traffic. So it's quite an unusual scene that we have that's set before us. And although this passage doesn't spotlight any one individual healing, it talks about a multitude of healing. But there are beneficial things that we want to look at in this passage because there's something we can learn about it. So backing up again to Mark 6, verse 53, and let's just take it verse by verse and study what we see in this passage. It reads in verse 53, and when they had passed over, they came into the land of Genesaret and drew to the shore. Now, when we go back through different passages in Luke chapter five, verse one, we can see something else that happened in Genesaret. And so Luke chapter five, verse one says this, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret. Now, this is where he got in Peter's boat and he preached to them from the boat. But I want you to see this um, community was so hungry to receive what Jesus had for them that it says that they pressed upon him to hear the word of God. Notice in this passage in Luke chapter five, at this other time that he was in Genesaret, it doesn't talk about healing. It talks about hearing. Hearing in this passage, they came to hear the word. They pressed upon him to hear the word. Now, is it any wonder that when Jesus comes this day in Genesaret, that now they start bringing the sick out into the streets? Why? Because they had heard something. They had heard the word. The word put something in them. The word put faith in them. The word put an expectancy. The word put action in them. You know, when you hear the word preached, it should move you to action, not inaction. 
It should move you to act on what you're hearing. And so we so appreciate that it wasn't just about healing with this, with these, with this community. It was about hearing. They were interested in hearing what Jesus taught. So this shows us the spiritual hunger of the, the spiritual climate, so to speak, of this community. And it shows this also. They had a regard for the word. They had a regard for what Jesus taught. I tell you, when you have an honor and respect for the word, I tell you what manifestation is not far from you. It will manifest when you have a hunger, an honor and a regard for the things of God. You know, we were uh, we had uh, Kenneth Hagan. He, of course, those of you who are, are here in the studio with me now, you would remember when he was with us. Um, Dad Hagen was our spiritual father. He went home to be with the Lord in 2003. But prior to that, in 2003, he was with us at our church. Yes. He sat with us in the hospitality room and he made this statement because that night he had been ministering healing. And he said to us, miracles and healings and the gifts of the spirit don't operate because we pray for them. They operate because we're hungry for them. Spiritual hunger is key to receiving what you need from God. That it's not just something you don't have. You don't have a casual approach. Your approach is hungry when you come to when you come to services. When you sit under the teaching of your pastor, when you're feeding on the word of God, there is a regard for it. There's a spiritual hunger there. Uh, have you ever noticed people who come to the dinner table and some come and they're not very hungry, then others are starving? <laughs> the way they treat the table is different. And when you come to the table and you're not very hungry or you don't really care for the dishes that are on the table and you're not hungry, you will let things pass you by. They may pass a bowl of, of a vegetable or a fruit or a meat dish. And if you're not very hungry, you can just let that pass you by. Hungry people don't let things pass them by. They are reaching. They are taking Whatever is available to them. And it, it matters how we approach the word because when we approach the word with a spiritual hunger, we won't let what's in that word pass us by. Yes. We don't just read it like a book. We see that there's a wealth to lay hold of in it. And so I so appreciate this community. You don't read this about many communities in the word. But this community had a regard for Jesus. It had a regard for what he taught. And they pressed upon him just to hear. They didn't just say, we want to see miracles. Yes, they did see miracles. They didn't just say, we want to see healings. Although they saw healings, they wanted to hear. Your healing is connected to your hearing. Your miracle is connected to your hearing. Hearing the word positions you to receive what the word has. So many times people, they want what the word has, but they don't take time to hear. And so then they get disappointed if they don't end up receiving what the word has. And the reason is they didn't position themselves by taking time to hear. Hearing the word puts us in a receiving position. Amen. Why does hearing the word put us in a receiving position? Why is that? Because faith comes. When you hear the word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so because faith comes at the hearing of the word, faith goes in us when we hear the word preached 
And that positions us to receive. Amen. So I'm so impressed and blessed by this community. It was not just, it doesn't just speak of one person that had a regard. It doesn't just speak of one person that had a hunger. The whole community, the whole region was open and receptive. It's important. And they didn't just press upon him to receive healing. They pressed upon him to hear what's God saying to us. When you know what God is saying to you, you don't struggle with needs. When you know what the word says on something, it's going to help you be a better recipient of the things that God has already made yours. So this shows us in Luke chapter 5 verse 1, their attitude, their spiritual attitude, their approach. And it's so important to living the best life to hear the word of God, not just to get my healing, but to hear the word of God. Because healing is important. And let me tell you, God longs to heal every sick person. It's his longing. It is his desire. He doesn't withhold healing from anyone. What happens, though, is that we have to learn how he operates. We have to learn how he operates so that we can cooperate. He does not rewrite things to suit us. We come into line with what his word says. And so as we hear the word, it positions us to better cooperate with God because then we learn how he how he functions. We learn how he thinks. We learn what he expects of us. We learn uh, we learn what he's made available to us. So hearing the word gives us the best life when we hear it. But not only that, when we live it. It's not enough to hear it. We have to put it in place in our daily life, not just in our church life, but in our daily life. But hearing the word taught and living that word, it will we will arrive at the best life. That means every single arena will be helped, not just the physical arena of needing healing. Every single arena. Amen. Because why is that? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Faith does not come by prayer. Faith does not come by fasting. Faith does not come by works. Faith comes by hearing the word of God and taking that word into your spirit, into your heart. When we hear the word taught and accept that word, faith always comes. Now, if we're going to be critical of the word, if we hear the word taught, we're skeptic about it we're critical of it, then that word can't find an entrance. But if we're accepting of that word, hungry for that word, we honor that word, then that word finds an entrance and faith will automatically be there because with the word comes faith. You know, if you said to, if you said to your spouse, honey, would you go to the grocery store and get me a can of beans? They pick up a can. They can't see the beans, but it's in the can. They don't pick up a can of beans and then go say, well, where do I feel the can of beans? The beans are in the can. The, the word, the word is the container that contains the faith. And when you partake of the word, what the word holds, which is faith, goes into you. Amen. So when you get the word, you get the faith. That's what I'm trying to say. When the word comes, the faith comes. And that's what it says. Faith comes by hearing. It's not earned. But it does come when we hear the word of God. 
So it's not only healing we need, it's faith that we need. And this is what the community in Genesaret, in that region, this is what they reached for when they were pressing upon Jesus to hear the word of God. They weren't just wanting one need met. They were wanting a life met. They were wanting every single arena of their life dealt with. And they realized the help is in the word. Amen. You know, over the years, my husband and I have conducted miracle crusades. He's in heaven now, but for almost 30 years, we traveled and uh, did healing crusades in different different church meetings. And uh, we would have services in morning and we would have services in the evening. So it was very common for us to have uh, easily 10 services in a week, you know, 10, 12, 14 services in a week. And my husband would always announce on the last night of the crusade, we're going to lay hands on the sick. So make sure you bring the sick. Well, what would happen that we would find is that would be the night that had the greatest attendance. Well, why is that? Well, people need healing. Well, we advertised. But the thing is, is that what would happen is that people wanted to come only for the healing. But the people in Genesaret didn't come just come for healing. They had, they had originally come to hear the word. So when you have the opportunity to be in a healing service... Always take advantage to be in previous services to hear the word. And we found this out that it was not always easy to get the people healed who only came to that one service. Why? Because they hadn't heard enough. They did not even know how to release their faith. They hadn't heard enough. The more you hear, the easier it is to receive. And so I encourage you when your church or when a minister comes to your region and you want to be part of that, endeavor to be in every service you can. It shows an honor for the word. And when a person knows that their service is going on, but they only choose the night that someone's going to be praying for the sick or laying hands on the sick. What they're showing is they're saying to God, well, I'm, I'm, I'll hook up with the healing part, but I'm not interested in the teaching part. We're interested in everything, the preaching, the teaching, and the healing. And this is the mentality and the mindset of a receiver. When you want to be someone who receives, it's I want all that God has. Not just one flow that he has. I want the preaching flow. I want the teaching flow as well as the healing flow. And so it was not always so easy to get the people healed who just came one night just because they didn't know enough to cooperate with God. They didn't know enough to cooperate with that healing power. And so it takes time. It takes faith to receive healing. And so people who neglected coming to hear the word taught many times didn't have the faith to receive the power that was present the night of the healing, the night of the healing service. Well, praise the Lord. So the people in Genesaret, they didn't just value Jesus as a healer. They valued him as someone who gave them God's word. Amen. You know, uh, you want to be, you don't want to just select certain parts of a church service that you'll hook in with. <laughs> you know, because sometimes people are only interested in the, in the praise and worship. They'll get real involved. And then when the teaching of the word or the preaching of the word happens, they're distracted. They're going through stuff. They're writing notes. They're going through their purse. They're distracted. And then if they have a healing line, then they'll pet, they'll pet back up. You know, they'll get re-hooked re in. They'll get hooked in again. 
But uh, we need to learn to draw on every flow, every flow, every flow. Why? Because we need every flow. Amen. And then it, it says in verse 54, now we're going back to our main passage of Mark chapter 6. And um, verse 53, as we said, it says, And when he passed over, they came into the land of Genesaret, and they drew to the shore. But verse 54 says, And when they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him. And ran through that whole region round about. And began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. I want to look at this phrase in verse 54. Straightway they knew him. What did they know about him? Evidently, when it says they knew him, they must have known him as healer because they ran and got the sick. You have to know him as healer. (laughs) It needs to be known in our church services. That a healer is operating in our church service. That Jesus is going to meet the needs of the sick. See, they knew him. So what they knew of him, they responded to that. The people, pastors that may be listening, you need to make place for healing to happen in your services. When people hear about that, they'll know that about your church. And they'll run and they'll bring the sick. When they knew Jesus, they knew him as a healer. They ran and got the sick. Amen. Amen. These people brought the sick to Jesus because they knew they could find help with him. People need to be able to bring uh, their loved ones and those they know to our church services, knowing they'll find help there. Amen. And I will say this. It's not just up to a pastor to let the community know about what God's doing in a church. The church members. They need to be out telling. You know what goes on in our church? <laughs> people get saved. People get free, set free. Marriages get put back together. Homes get put back together. Bodies get healed. It is up to the people to make known what's going on in their church. Amen. You know, we tell our congregation at the end of every service, we remind them uh, you're, while you're out this week among people. You're going to come across the the path of someone who needs what you have. They need what you know. Tell them what you know. Tell them what God's done for you. Bring them. Invite them to church. This is what the people did. The ones who knew who Jesus was, they ran and got other people. They ran and got their loved ones. They ran and got the sick. Isn't that right? They didn't just say, well, I know about it. They went and told. And they filled up the streets because the people who heard about Jesus and knew what he would do told others and brought others. Amen. That's the best way for a church to grow. Not just it's fine to put out advertisement, but the best advertisement is the lives of your congregation. And so we could say this uh, healing is the dinner bell that will call people to your church. Call people to come and receive from God. So tell others about the people being healed in your church. And you may say, well, pastor, you know, we we haven't really been emphasizing healing in our church. Well, if you will, God will reach a community through it. God will visit your community. When people know that their needs can be met in your church, they'll show up. Amen. Hallelujah. In verse 54, and it says, And when they were come out of the ship, 
straightway they knew him. And look at this word. I like it in verse 55. And they ran. They ran. The, the word is not exaggerating. God does not exaggerate. The record of the word is not an exaggeration. This is a record of what happened. The people ran through the whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. Listen, when they knew he was there, they responded in a way that showed they expected something. If you, if you don't expect anything to happen, you're not going to take off running to go get the sick ones in your home, to go tell the sick neighbors. They expected something. So we can see this. This was an action of their faith, wasn't it? When you run, you can't wait to get to church. Amen. You, I tell you, you, you realize it's the highlight of your week to get to be where God's people are gathered together and receive, where power is flowing. It's a highlight. Well, this is what the people did. They took off running. If they didn't believe something wouldn't happen, they would not have gone to the trouble to bring the sick to the streets. So what's this mean? Every time we come to church, we need to be expecting. We need to come expecting something for if we'll expect something, we'll receive something. If we come, even if we attend, but expect nothing, we'll receive nothing, even though we're present. It's not just being present. It's what are you expecting to happen? When you go to church on Sunday, expect something. Have a goal. God's going to give me answers for my life. He's going to give me clarity. You may not even be facing a big need or a problem or a crisis, but you always need clarity. You always need revelation, light of the word. Amen. Always come expecting. Uh, when faith goes to market, she doesn't go empty handed. She takes a basket with her. Why? She's expecting to take something out of that store. Uh, when I go to a grocery store, if they supply a cart, I walk up, I get the cart. Why? Because I'm going to put something in there. Even though I haven't gotten to that portion of the store where I need to be, I'm ready to put something in there. That's expectancy. Amen. Be that way toward God. Be that way toward God. Hallelujah. Now listen, Mark 11 and verse 24. Now we're getting down here to something else that's going to help us in this. Mark 11. Verse 24 reads, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. This verse does not begin by talking about faith. This verse does not begin by talking about prayer. This verse begins by talking about desire. The divine order listed in this verse is the words desire, pray, Believe and receive. Some people think that who haven't received an answer to their need. Some may think, well, I have a faith problem when really they may have a desire problem. They may not want it much. They may think, well, if God, if God, uh, you know, if God gives me that help, that's fine. But then there, there'll be. Fine if nothing shows up or nothing changes. People that are expectant aren't fine if nothing shows up. That's why I'm saying when you go to church expecting, 
you, you're, you're saying I'm not okay to, for something not to show up yeah, for me. Amen. Whether it's revelation, whether it's clarity, whatever it is, I'm going to walk away with something. So sometimes people need to not only increase their faith, they need to increase their desire. What are you desiring? That means this. We can't be passive. We cannot receive from God with a passive attitude or a passive approach. Amen. When we have a need, we have to be earnest. We have to be interested in making sure that that need gets met. We must desire to have the answer. And if we have a desire, we'll, we'll do something. We don't just sit and say, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. That's not ever going to work. Why? Because faith is not passive. That's passive. That's just sitting back and waiting for God to do something. But the word says, Jesus made the statement. He said, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it. The violent take it by force. What force? The force of faith. Amen. Faith is not passive. Faith is bold and faith is aggressive. And that's what we see with these people in Genesaret. They take off running and they boldly start. Jesus didn't advertise. It doesn't say anywhere that he said, go bring the sick. They saw him. They knew what he did and they ran and they got the sick and they brought. They took initiative. They didn't say, hey, Jesus just arrived. Stay home. Pray that Jesus will walk into your house. No, they got them out of the house. They initiated the help and the healing of these people by bringing them out into the streets where Jesus was. Amen. So what's this show us? Don't be passive. Don't be half-hearted. Don't have a, a, uh, just a minimal desire. Stoke your desire. Stir up the desire. Why do you have to be wholehearted? And not passive because the enemy is wholehearted again in his attack against you. He wants to rob from you to make sure you never receive your healing. And it's going to take more than a passive attitude to get past the opposition. God doesn't withhold, but there's an enemy that wants to bring doubt, fear. He wants to get you in the mental arena, talk you out of your healing. And you have to desire your answer more than the enemy desires your defeat. Amen. So we have no record that Jesus just showed up to these people's home. These people had to get up and get out of their homes to receive what God had for them. So faith doesn't just sit back and wait for God to move. Faith is an act. Faith acts. Amen. Well, you say this, then how do I go after my healing? Jesus isn't walking up and down the streets anymore. Study the word. Get to church. Be taught the word. Speak the word over your body. Make it a lifestyle. Worship God daily for your healing. Amen. Amen. You do what you can. Do everything you can to receive the healing. Do your part. Amen. Amen. These people did their part. They heard Jesus came. They showed up and they showed up with their sick. They did their part. They got them to where Jesus was. Get yourself to where Jesus is. Where is he? He's in his word. Where is he? He's in his church. Amen. Get to these places. Be interested. Be hungry for him. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 The word will set you free. I said the word will set you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. 
Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.